What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Tulsa Lately, your favorite locally-based podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and this is the show where I ride around and talk to all the different businesses and people that make green country interesting and awesome. Being as this is episode 26, that means that I've got 25 episodes before this that are equally as interesting and awesome as this one's about to be. And I've got no announcements, so I'll just jump into it. This one, I spoke with the current 2019 chair of the Tulsa Committee for Route 66, which if you're like me, you are hearing about that for the first time. But he he is definitely the most knowledgeable person about the road itself and the towns that it runs through that I've ever met, and probably you've ever met. I mean, this guy knows so much about the history of just what goes into it, and he has such an appreciation for the contribution that it makes to our culture. So we kind of get into that its significance, and uh, what it means for Tulsa. They actually do a ton of good work for preserving the authenticity that, quite frankly, I feel like a lot of us take for granted. So, without further ado, enjoy. All right, so I am here at Fairfellow Coffee with the 2019 chair of the Tulsa Route 66 Commission. Would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Uh, My name's Reese Martin, and as mentioned, I am the chair of the Tulsa Route 66 Commission this year. Uh, I wear a few hats, though. I'm also the president of the Oklahoma Route 66 Association. I work with the Route 66 Alliance here in Tulsa, and I'm also a board member of the Route 66 Road Ahead Partnership, which is a nationwide group that encompasses state associations from uh, Illinois all the way out to California. So you are really into Route 66. I am. You're all about it. Yeah, it's one of those things that happened very quickly but yes now i'm i'm uh, waist deep in route 66 <laughs> all right so how does that how does that start where would where did your first interest in this historic highway come from so in 2009 i had what i called my quarter life crisis and i sold everything and left the country i backpacked internationally for 10 months came back home to tulsa after a very transformative experience and thought okay i've been to these amazing places around the world what is what does tulsa have And so I started looking at Tulsa's history, Oklahoma's history, and Route 66 came through Tulsa the whole time, and I'd never really paid much attention to it. So in the summer of 2013, I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to take a little day trip. Went up to Miami, Oklahoma uh, to see the Coleman Theater, which is a beautifully restored 1929 vaudeville theater, um, and just fell in love with the journey. And uh, two years later, I had driven it from end to end um, as a photographer and a travel writer and uh, oh. started to ask how I could get more involved. So, I'm going to just clarify for the audience and for me, because I don't exactly know, where exactly is end-to-end? Sure. So, uh, Route 66 starts in Chicago, Illinois, right on, uh, right next to the Magnificent Mile. Okay. Um, and it travels all the way out to uh, Santa Monica, California, in the Pacific Ocean. So, it goes through Illinois, Missouri, clips the edge of Kansas, 13.2 miles, um, comes through Oklahoma, Texas, Panhandle, New Mexico, Arizona, and then finally across the Mojave Desert into California. It sounds like there's a there's a lot of desert on Route 66 then. There a is. Of, a lot of just wide open, just wide open landscape kind of thing. There is. I mean, and it's people that come and drive the entire length, which is a significant portion of the tourists that take Route 66, get to see everything from big cities to farmland to f- national forests to desert, and then eventually the ocean. You get a little bit of everything of what America has to offer on Route 66. Oh, okay. That's cool. Okay. So, I mean, what are some big attractions that are along the way? What do you think? What do you feel like are your favorite ones? How about that? 
So favorite is tough, um, but I will say uh, the attractions that tend to get the most attention are those quirky roadside attractions that you can't find anywhere else. The Blue Whale, which is just up in Catoosa, is one of the Route 66's most recognized attractions. Oh, really? I, even, uh, I think it was Mercedes-Benz, did a commercial for the Super Bowl this year for a new vehicle that had them at the Blue Whale, among other places in America. Oh, um, okay. Out in uh, Arizona and New Mexico, you have a lot of old trading posts. Some are open and operating, some are closed and abandoned, and they both have their charms. Um, you have places uh, just that pull over that you can take a few pictures and meet these really interesting personalities that you just can't find anywhere else. Okay, so what you what you get when going down Route 66 in summary is you get a lot of the history of the country and a lot of middle America and stuff like that. You get a lot of history of that. Right. It's it's an authentic American experience. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. So now I want to talk about what does the Route 66 Commission do? So the Route 66 Commission is uh, a Tulsa-focused group made up of uh, people in the community, city councilors, uh, heads of Main Street associations, just a, a bunch of different people whose goal is to promote and enhance Route 66 in the city of Tulsa. Um, Tulsa has uh, 26 miles of Route 66 when you add together the current 11th Street alignment and the alignment on Admiral, which we're right next to today at Fairfellow Coffee. And we want to do what we can to not only help Tulsans understand what we have here and the historic importance of it, but also to help tourists and travelers know, hey, this is important. You should stop and, and learn more about Tulsa and our unique place on the road. So how do you all go about that? So we have a couple of different things that we're doing. Um, we have a couple of different groups from preservation of existing uh, sites on Route 66 to uh, enhancing existing places, uh, to doing what we can to, to draw awareness uh, for local businesses, um, to you know something as simple as improving signage so that travelers know, hey, this is original Route 66. If you travel along here, you'll see places like Buck Adams Cosmic Curios or the Campbell Hotel or that great bronze sculpture of Cyrus Avery down by the river, um, just oh, to yeah. uh, ensure that people know that there's something to see here. That's cool, okay. So then, in the broader sense, with because you're also a part of an Oklahoma, right thing to do with it. So, is do you all do kind of similar things as far as the whole state goes too? Very similar. So our goals are the same in all of the organizations I'm involved in. It's preserve the road as it is, help promote it so these small businesses that are on it can thrive in the age of the interstate, um, and do what we can to help people understand the historic significance of it. So there's that also that education uh, part of it. Um, and so Tulsa, of course, is very focused on the city of Tulsa. The Oklahoma Association is concerned with the state of Oklahoma from Quapaw out to Texola. And the Route 66 Road Ahead Partnership and also the Route 66 Alliance here in Tulsa um, are also focused on it from a national level. Okay. So I'm curious, if you wanted to open up a small business on Route 66, is there any, like, is it, is it in any way a different process or more expensive or something like that than opening it, you know, three miles down one direction just because of the historicity of it? Not really. Um, I mean, Route 66 was federally decertified in 1985. Okay. And so when the Oklahoma Route 66 Association was founded a few years later, you know, there was always already that concern that, you know, this road has been dying for a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the main street for so many of these towns. What can we do to help keep it alive and make sure people know that it's still here? 
And uh, Michael Wallace, who's a Tulsa author, released a book in 1990 called Route 66, The Mother Road, which was really a love yeah. letter to that experience that helped people understand it's not gone. Just because you've got I-44 and these other places to get to Oklahoma City faster doesn't mean that Stroud, Oklahoma is not still there with the Rock Cafe that's been there since the 1930s. Okay. Um, and then, of course, in the 2000s, you had Cars come out, the Pixar film that celebrates yeah. Route 66 and that experience and really pays homage to that that very real experience that all these small towns had where the inter- the road was bypassed by the interstate and then the town died. And hmm. so, you know, a lot of the questions I get is, hey, you know, is Route 66 still there? And yes, it is. You know, over 80% of the original road is still out there that people can drive. It's just a matter of knowing where to look and what you can see and... You know, you're supporting small business by doing that. So while opening a business in Tulsa on Route 66 in and of itself is the same as opening a business elsewhere, you have a unique opportunity when you do that to bring in people that are already coming to Tulsa. They're already on Route 66 because that's what they want to experience. But if you're able to provide a unique experience along that road, they'll stop. They'll come in. They'll visit. They'll buy something. They'll get some food. Um, Tally's Cafe at 11th and Yale is a really great example of somebody that came along in the 80s when that road was in that weird position of we're not really 66 anymore. It's all nostalgia tourists and everything. And he said, you know what, I'm going to open up a place that caters to that, but also provides support to the community. You know, he serves meals on Thanksgiving for free. And, you know, if you have ever gone in there and gotten a cinnamon roll, you know, it's as big as a plate. And so... Then yeah. you get people talking, and they're like, hey, if you're near Tulsa on Route 66, you got to stop at Tally's. You know, and that, that's what it's about. All these communities along Route 66, whether it's Oklahoma or Missouri or Arizona, um, are working to provide that experience. You know, you just got to stop and talk to somebody and learn what we're all about. Okay, okay. Now I kind of want to talk a little bit about your travels and some experiences that you've had because I mean that was just I didn't know that you know you just sort of dropped it on me a little bit oh I just sold everything and <laughs> left the country okay yeah. so, whoa, whoa, whoa wait I kind of want to go back to that a little bit so what where did you go first so um, the first thing I did was take a little road trip out to California with some friends okay um, which is interesting because I can look back on that now and I crisscrossed parts of Route 66 you know I went to the Grand Canyon and Williams, Arizona, which is the gateway to the Grand Canyon, was the last town bypass. They got a lot of great neon and just a really ah, great vibe. Okay. But at the time, I was I just didn't pay attention to it. I just wanted to see the canyon. Um, but then from uh, from Long Beach, California, I took a container ship from there to New Zealand. That was about two weeks on the Pacific Ocean. Uh, I'd never seen the ocean before, mind you. Ah. And then I spent two weeks on it. That was quite an experience. That's that's cool. Um, and then from there, you know, airplanes or whatever was cheapest, usually a flight. Uh, from New Zealand to Indonesia, Malaysia, Thailand, Cambodia, Japan, flew out over to Italy, France, Prague, Ireland, England, and Wales, and then came home. Wow, that is <laughs> that is quite the journey, man. Yeah. So, I mean, what what are some notable experiences from there? Surely you've got a few. Oh boy, stories. Um, I I have a lot of stories. Um, it's, it's tough to really, like, nail down one, but um, I would say that there was, there was this moment when I was in Indonesia, pretty early into, into the whole experience, where I was just sitting on a beach um, on the island of Bali. I was staying at this little homestay that was run by a, a German lady and this Balinese man that she'd fallen in love with 20 years before. And just sitting there, having a beer, enjoying the weather, listening to the story of these folks that this mm. had, you know 
this wasn't a dream of theirs, but then they met each other and it became their life. Just having this little huh. collection of chalets next to the water, and this was this was it for them. And it was just really peaceful. And I feel like that was the first moment where I realized that, you know, what I was looking for by traveling wasn't necessarily something new and exciting. It was going to be something that I already had. I was just going to be more comfortable with it. Okay. And so by the time I got home, that was very true. I don't feel like it changed me as a person, but I became more comfortable with the person that I was. Mm. Uh, But it did awaken my love of photography and my love of writing which is what led me to Route 66 and getting involved and getting connected in all these communities that I went to visit um, and has got to me got me where I am today. Okay, so it's sort of like leaving the country and seeing the history and meeting people, interesting people from other countries sort of made you appreciate the history and, you know, small experiences that you can have in your own countries. That, 100%. That, okay. Absolutely. Cool, cool. And so then let's talk about the forming of this committee. This, I mean, because you said it's only been around a few years. Since what, 2015 you said? Uh, yeah, 2015, 2016 okay. uh, time frame. Uh, former Mayor Dewey Bartlett put the, put the Route 66 commission together. But it started before that. Um, back in uh, late 2005, the city put together a master plan of Route 66 development. Right. Basically, what do we want to see Route 66 be in the next 10 to 15 years and beyond? And so this came at the tail end of that planning process. Um, that's where you got the uh, bronze statue of Cyrus Avery down by the river. Gotcha. Um, that's where you got some of the street, streetscaping that happened. Um, a lot of development happened on Route 66 in Tulsa. The gateways at either end of Route 66 in town with the nice Art Deco designs was part of that whole project. Oh. And so all, all right. of this was tied together into the same kind of development package. And then now that the commission is here, we're starting to look at, wow, look at where we've come in the last, you know, 14 years. Now what do we want to do? And it's been very lucky that at the same time Tulsa has been doing this, the rest of Route 66 has woken up. Because that master plan went into effect and was designed the year before Cars came out. Huh. And then when Cars comes out, you have all a whole new generation that's like, oh, Radiator Springs, this is great. I want to go meet Mater. I want to see the sheriff. I want to... You know, see if these small towns are still here, you know? Yeah. And Tulsa was already on its way. And so for the last couple of years, since the commission has really got movement, um, communities all up and down Route 66 are looking at Tulsa and saying, wow, how can we do that? And so being a part of that has been real special. Okay. Because it seems like the pieces that run through Tulsa are in a lot of sort of old town and which is really cool and I think that that adds to what you're talking about with the history and everything are there any parts and I'm not asking you to dog on any part of Route 66 <laughs> but are, are there any parts of Route 66 that you're kind of like eh this is like this has been overdeveloped sort of you know what I mean like maybe there's few maybe there's a big strip mall or something like that are there any sections of it or, or is most of it retain this sort of old town vibe we're very lucky that most of it has not been overdeveloped. Okay. Um, in fact, sitting here thinking, I can't think of a single area where I've driven through on Tulsa, whether you're talking about the original alignment on Admiral mm-hmm. or the current alignment on 11th, and think, well, it's a shame we didn't get here 10 years ago because now there's a huge mall here or now there's a huge big box store here. Right. You know, for, the, for a long time, Route 66 has been looked at, it's been very blue collar. A lot of, you know, automobile businesses, used car sales. You've had some restaurants. You've got, of course, the University of Tulsa, Bama Pie. You know, a lot of areas that have been the way they have been for a very long time. 
you know, like every other Route 66 community, we've lost a lot to demolition, to renewal, and things like that. But we're very lucky in the fact that all the development we're doing now is really tying into that same kind of genuine American like experience. And it's not you're not dodging um, brand new developments that don't really fit the aesthetic. Okay, so it just sort of naturally happened to retain it to retain its old character. Right. Oh, yeah. Even right cool. here in the Kindle Whittier, you can look at the corner of Admiral and Lewis, and you have Fairfellow Coffee, which is in this great old brick building with the glass block windows. Yeah. Across the street, you have Ziegler Art and Frame, which, if you look, even though it's all painted the same color, there's an old service station embedded in the side of it. You have the Circle Cinema, which has great neon. You have the brand new Bar 473, which is an old Phillips 66 station. And Calaveras. Oh, I eat Calaveras there. I eat there great. too much. Yeah. I, live, I live like right down the road from here, and I eat there way too That's so good. <laughs> Kendall Whittier is a great example of a district that came together and said, look at all this stuff we have that's still here. I don't want to knock it down. Let's, hmm. let's turn it into something new while still paying homage to what it used to be. And that's really what I would love to see along all of Route 66. Right. Is that, you know, you keep the same aesthetic, but at the same time, it's not like, oh, you have to be a 70-year-old transmission mechanic in order to work. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of so, stuff is still you sure, know, needed, of right, course. But you don't have to. Right. right. You can one still of, have a new business. One of the things we've developed over the last few months, uh, well, last few years, but it just launched in April, is a neon sign grant program in the city of Tulsa. So that if you're on Route 66 and you want to build a new neon sign or restore an old neon sign, you can apply and get a grant for up to fi- up to $10,000 to cover half your costs. Wow. You know, there are qualifications. Expensive. It is. That is very expensive to do. It so is. That's really cool. And, you know, th- I mean, there are qualifications that people have to meet. You know, a certain percentage sure. of the sign has to be neon and a few other things. But... You know, the hope is that not only will, you know, tourist attraction kind of places like Buck Adams Cosmic Curios look at it and say, hey, I could have a neon sign. But other businesses um, that if you drive up and down 11th Street now, you'll see these old signs sitting there that are painted over or not used or anything like Mm. that. Maybe they'll say, you know what? I could relight that sign and be a part of this Route 66 experience, even if I'm the same regular transmission shop I've always been. So we're really pleased with the fact that so far it's been a mix of people interested in really tying into that Route 66 vibe. Yeah. Do you know how many people have put in for that grant? Um, We have about a dozen in various stages of the process. Cool. You know, some have just reached out and asked questions. Others have submitted paperwork for approval. Um, and every time I go somewhere in official capacity as the uh, part of the Route 66 Commission, people are asking me questions. I've had people from other communities reach out to me to say, hey, I like what you're doing in Tulsa. How did you do it? We want to do it in our town or, on a, you know, in our area. So Because you were telling me before we started that your role in all this is kind of, as it's pretty obvious to anyone who's been listening, you are the sort of historian of, uh. <laughs> that is that is kind of your job, right? So do you want to talk about some of your specific duties? So this is all volunteer for me. Like I have an eight to five regular job that I got to handle. Wow. And uh, I first got involved in Route 66 just simply as a passionate like advocate for it. Um, I traveled all of Route 66 from end to end. And so when the commission came to me and said, hey, we want you to be involved because you can give us a perspective on the road and you know a bit of the history, you know, of course I said absolutely. Um, But it's been slowly wading into deeper and deeper water with these different groups. And so there are way more people that know more about Route 66 that are fine-tuned, are like really tuned into those details and things Mm. like that. 
Um, but my hope is that my presence and my knowledge and my experience at least helps bridge that to say, wow, you're planning to do this thing. Let me get you in touch with this guy. He's done this before and he can really help you out with that. Yeah. And so over time, um, it's been really a blessing to be involved with folks like Ken Busby, who's the executive director of the Route 66 Alliance. Okay. Um, and I just came from a meeting in Claremore where Claremore is talking about what can we do to develop Route 66. Um, and I was uh, up with Mary Beth Babcock, who is the uh, owner of Buck Adams Cosmic Curios here in Tulsa. Um, and uh, the owner of 473 Bar here in Kendall Whittier. I think I follow her on Instagram. Yeah. Mary yeah, Beth she Babcock? Has, yep. I think I... I think I do. I, I just that name just clicked. I was like, wait a second. I know that name. So what? Wait. She's what been does a she part do? of. She runs Buck Adams Cosmic Curios, which is down okay. at 11th near uh, Peoria. Okay. Um, and in May, they just installed a big 21 foot tall space cowboy muffler man. <laughs> um, really great. But that's, that's awesome. You know, you have folks like that that are on the ground doing things, and then like Matt Pinnell, who's the lieutenant governor of Oklahoma, really leaning into tourism, saying Route 66 needs to be a focus, and so. You have people from all these different areas saying Route 66 is important. We want to do something for it. And I feel my role is to really kind of act as a conduit to kind of help get these people in touch, let them know, you know, what's happened before and to help them with where they're going. Okay. So do you all have any events or anything that you put on? Do you, is there anything that you do sort of for PR or public other than talking to me? <laughs> we don't really organize official events. So okay. We're still very much a, a planning and execution phase kind of group to sure. say, like designing the Neon Sign Grant Program, right. which would not have been possible without partnership with the Tulsa Foundation for Architecture and the Tulsa City Council. Um, but we do occasionally have events like, for example, there's a new art installation at the Traffic Circle at Admiral Amingo um, that was installed over the winter. Um, yeah, I remember that going up because I yeah. went around that roundabout and I was... And I was like, what? what is it? What is it? So it's called Route 66 Rising. Okay. Um, this is actually a project that predates the Tulsa Route 66 Commission. So when I got involved, this was already in the works. Um, but it's this great Southwest-style colored uh, Route 66 shield rising out of the ground to oh, okay. represent that kind of resurgence of awareness in Route 66. Um, and it also happens to be on the site where Cyrus Avery's original service station used to stand. Now, Cyrus Avery was is known as the father of route 66 he was involved uh, with the good roads movement back in the 1920s which is a group of people across the country that said hey this automobile thing's kind of exciting and it might be a big deal so how about we make our roads better and he was part of the group that got together and established the federal highway system which decided to number all the roads and to uh, put more focus into the maps and the routes and that kind of thing he was uh born in Pennsylvania but moved to Tulsa as a young man and it was really important to him that uh, Tulsa was represented on something important uh, and when Route 66 was being established he said you know what there's this great bridge that crosses the Arkansas River in Tulsa it's state-of-the-art it's the most secure bridge across the river our uh, Chicago to LA route should definitely route through the city of Tulsa and it did and so because of Cyrus Avery because of that bridge Route 66 now goes down through Missouri and Oklahoma instead of cutting straight across like Nebraska and Kansas, which was the original plan. Oh, so. wow. That is that is so interesting. Are there any more like fun tidbits of history about the highway? Uh, there like are that? a lot. Like, yeah, no, hit, hit me with some more. Hit me with some uh, so <laughs> like the Blue Whale up in Catoosa right. um, is this fun little roadside attraction. It was built in the early 1970s by a man named Hugh Davis. 
Um, he built it as an anniversary present to his wife. She collected little Aww. whale figurines. And, you know, one bag of concrete at a time, he built this whale at this little pond. Um, he'd been the director of the Tulsa Zoo for 30 years, and so he created this little roadside stop with, like, see the alligators and, uh, you know, see the snakes and have a petting zoo and stop in and swim with the blue whale. And it was a big deal for a long time. And Although you can't swim there now, um, it, it's amazing to, to learn more about the history and learn that because Highway 66 right there was expanded and moved and changed, you know, the... Uh, the little pond doesn't have the freshwater spring it used to, so it's not really good for swimming like it was back in the day. Um, but hmm. people still stop, get their picture, visit with Linda, who's the lady that runs the gift shop. She's amazing. Um, and learn about that history and see something you can't see anywhere else in the world. Wow. That's that's so interesting. I see you've got, I mean, is this is this stuff that you had brought to talk about? You've got a little list in front of you. Is there oh. anything that you wanted to throw in? Oh, just some notes on some of the stuff we've been working on. Um, Like we already talked about the Neon Sign Grant Program. Right. Um, Another thing that people mention to us a lot about a challenge with Route 66 is signage. How do I know I'm on Route 66? Uh, I've gone through Tulsa, now I'm in Sepulpa, and I missed the whole thing. And so Route 66 signs are great. We're working with the Oklahoma Department of Transportation to make sure signs are there and and enhancing that where possible. Um, But signs can get stolen sometimes or, you know... The standard sign that's in all eight states, the little historic route sign, sometimes people miss them. Mm. So one of the things that we've done is started putting down these thermoplastic shields on the pavement itself. So if you take 11th Street out towards Catoosa, out near County Line, or if you're on Southwest Boulevard um, out in far west Tulsa, you'll see these Route 66 shields on the road itself Ah. um, at intersections to kind of help folks know, hey, you're on Route 66, keep following this road, and you'll see some amazing things. Okay, Um, cool. I think that's, I mean, I've talked about some of the other projects. So I would say the, the project that is always moving and that is always important is preservation. And every year, more properties that have significance, one way or the other, are lost or repurposed in a way that um, don't make them as effective and things like that. You know, one property I'll mention specifically is the Brookshire Motel that's out at 11th and Garnett. Um, yeah, the Brookshire yeah, yeah. was built in the 1940s. Um, it was a little family-owned motor court for many, many years. Uh, unfortunately, that part of town has had some struggles, and Brookshire has been closed for a while, and it had a fire earlier this year. And so I didn't know that. it's one of those places that we would love to see repurposed and brought back to life, but there's more challenges than just getting somebody in there that wants to run a little mom-and-pop motel. Mm. Um, and we just do what we can as a commission to make people aware of these sites, like the Rose Bowl is another great example. That's a unique Tulsa attraction that if, you know, the wrecking ball hit that thing, like I, you know, wouldn't be able to get out of bed for a week, you know, because <laughs> when it's gone, it's gone. And it's important that what we have is maintained and, you know, taken care of for future generations. Hmm. Well, you know, that is real. I'm, I'm just so glad that someone is focused on this because I feel like, you know, the majority of people in Tulsa, they love all these historical things. They love these aesthetics of these older parts of town. That's why, you know, they're kind of being revitalized a little bit. But no one really thinks about the effort that goes into keeping them that way. You know, everyone right. just enjoys it. No one thinks about. So how how can people help you all? How can people, you know, contribute to the stuff that you're doing? I would just say for anybody that's interested in opening a new business or developing something or uh, being a financier for somebody that wants to open a new business, look at Route 66 because 
there's so much opportunity on the road. The people are already here. They're already coming through Tulsa because for a Route 66 traveler, the road itself is the destination. You've got built-in customer base, basically. Right. That's what you're saying. <laughs> you know, and when they drive by some of these buildings that are shuttered or, you know, are for sale, that could be turned into something that'll get them to pull over and stop. Um, another project we're working on is a series of historic markers on both 11th Street and on Admiral. Okay. Uh, to call out different things, like the history of Bama Pie, for example, um, or the intersection at 11th and Lewis, um, where uh, the Lobeck-Taylor Family Foundation just recently announced they're going to be redeveloping that corner lot on the southwest side. It was a flower shop for many years, but originally it was a gas station. They've so done a lot. They've done a they've lot. They've done a lot recently. You know, they opened up that Mother Road Market. Mother Road Market, man. Yeah, and that's that, another that's cool wonderful place. success story in Tulsa. Yeah where not only are locals loving it and appreciating this this new food hall concept that Tulsa hasn't had before, but you're getting these international travelers that are going to come in and and get a piece of Tulsa that they're not going to get anywhere else. Hmm. And uh, it's, it's just wonderful to, to see that be successful. And the Lobeck-Taylor Family Foundation is really involved with ensuring that Route 66 is promoted and developed. And uh, I, I can't thank them or Kathy Taylor enough for that attention. Because every one of the, the, the big lifts that happen, like Mother Road Market, mm-hmm. you have a smaller company or, or a, a little mom and pop say, you know what, I can do that. I can add my story to what's going on. And uh, it just goes from there. Wow. Well, I mean, is there a, where can people find you all to, I mean, is there a place to, for people to donate to the committee or anything? Because you're talking about, you know, signage and everything. I'm sure that sure. costs money. It does. So the Tulsa Route 66 Commission, since we're a city-based organization, it, we don't really have a, a funnel for that. Okay. Um, we do have a Facebook page, uh, which is you just type in Tulsa Route 66 Commission and we come right up. Uh, but the Oklahoma Route 66 Association, the statewide group, is a nonprofit, and we do All operate right. on memberships from uh, businesses and individuals and donations. And so, so, if you open up a business on Route 66 in Oklahoma, then you can be a member of the Oklahoma Route 66 Association, or? right? Okay. And so, we have a website that we maintain. We have a trip guide that we produce every year that our business members can have and hand out for free that provide maps to travelers and things to see and a business directory so that if you know either whether it's somebody over in Europe that's ordered this before they leave to take their trip or it's somebody in Tulsa that says I keep hearing about this Route 66 thing I want to see what's going on you can go to the the page for Tulsa look all about it see what businesses are there and then go you know make your own journey Um, but the Route 66 Association is it's been around since the late 80s and we're looking at ways we can kind of expand and help more businesses and, and you know, be more out there, kind of like what you and I are doing right now, just to talk yeah. and educate and things like that. So if people want to know how they can get involved and if they want to make donations to kind of help further the Route 66 story, you know, send us a message at the Route 66 Association and we'd be more than happy to get you connected. Cool. Well, Reese, uh, you know, like I said already, I'm so glad that there is someone that is doing what you and, you know, the rest of your compadres are doing and so thank you for that thank you for helping to preserve the history of the road in Tulsa so yeah and thanks for talking to me my pleasure you know and I can't I'm not doing this alone by any stretch and so talk to your city councilors let them know that this is important to you in the city um, and support these small businesses stop in whether it's buying a hamburger at Meltdown Diner out in southwest Tulsa or buying a t-shirt from Mary Beth at Buck Adams or stopping in the Motherwood Market for a game of mini golf. 
you know, that's how these places stay alive. Plan a trip, take a day trip down to Oklahoma City and go through these small towns and stop at these little shops. Um, that is unquestionably the best way you can support Route 66. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And that wraps it up for this interview. Once again, you can find them at the Tulsa Route 66 Commission on Facebook, or you can go to the cityoftulsa.org in their Authorities, Boards, and Commissions page. So, I am actually about to pack up my stuff and head down to speak to an instructor at the Tulsa Kendo Dojo. And for those of you who don't know what Kendo is, it is the ancient art of Japanese swordsmanship. So the fact that that's even possible to learn here in Tulsa is pretty cool in and of itself, and I'm really excited to talk to him and uh, see what that's all about. So yeah, that'll be released next Tuesday. For right now, as always, you can find me at Tulsa Lately on Instagram and the Tulsa Lately Podcast on Facebook, as well as my website, TulsaLately.com. Feel free to message me on any of those platforms or at TulsaLately at gmail.com if you or someone you know would like to be on the show. Other than that, I got nothing else. So Tulsa, green country, and surrounding areas, I'll see y'all around.